You are listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. My name is Ed Frank. I'm NCBA's Senior Director of Policy Communications. And joining us this week is Danielle Beck. She is NCBA's Director of Government Affairs. Danielle, thanks for joining us again. Thanks for having me, Ed. All right, Danielle, you just got back from glamorous, beautiful downtown College Park, Maryland, um, home of the University of Maryland, but also the location today of a FDA, Food and Drug Administration, hearing on fake meat. Um, as everybody knows, there's a question about who's going to have jurisdiction over labeling and safety um, inspections um, for some of this lab-grown so-called meat um, that is you know, going to be coming onto the market in the past or in the next few years. Um, Danielle, just set the stage for us. What what was the format? What was it like in the room? Um, you know, I think a lot of people know congressional hearings, but not in so much uh, these bureaucratic hearings. So how did it go? And what, what was it like in the room today? Well, to be perfectly honest, Ed, I have never seen a public meeting structured like today's. Uh, FDA recently put out an announcement that they would be having this public meeting uh, and then an open comment period over the regulation of lab-grown meat products or uh, cellular ag products derived from animals. Um, They were asked and posed a series of sort of risk-based safety-focused questions that would inform them into the regulation of these products, basically asserting that they should have sole jurisdiction under the very broad definition of food. The day started out with a panel of FDA staff, uh, seniors in the agency that would ultimately, if it falls to FDA, be responsible for the regulation of these products. And their panel really just built the case for FDA. Uh, After that, there was a panel of uh, stakeholders and experts in the field uh, from outside uh, industries. There was really only one meat science perspective represented on that panel, and otherwise it was folks who have a very clear bias against traditional agricultural production. Uh, One of the women who was on the panel, she's been quoted in the press as saying that, uh, you know, the best thing about, you know, animal agriculture production is how terrible it is or how many terrible things there are about it, Uh, comparing, quote unquote, factory farming to coal mining. I've never seen such bias put on display uh, with, you know, really blatant disregard to where our current administration is. Uh, So then after that, there was an opportunity for public comment. Uh, The majority of the day was FDA and the stakeholders speaking, and then they allowed an hour and 20 minutes uh, for folks like NCBA to stand up and give four minutes uh, of our our position on the FDA uh, call for public comment. NCBA did not address the questions that FDA posed because we believe that it's too early in the process. You know, the appropriate agency to be asking those questions is whoever is going to be regulating it. We believe that USDA is the appropriate regulators, and FDA was putting the cart before the horse today. Right. And um, on the public panel, talk about the, the lineup there, because it really was only maybe four or five folks from traditional agriculture, uh, animal agriculture, like like yourself, um, and there was a lot more folks representing sort of like these these new technologies. Talk about sort of the disparity there. Well, you know, there are a lot of uh, vested interests, and it's very diverse. Um, We were a participant. uh, The North American Meat Association was a participant. The American Meat Science Association spoke up, and their perspective is really important because ultimately the meat science community needs to play a significant role in this process. Uh, Beyond that, there were activist groups, um, you know, kindness over killing. Uh, They believe that, you know, all animal agriculture is evil, inherently so, uh, and they want to see an end to it. Uh, But then there were also consumer advocate groups who are focused on safety. Uh, I was really surprised by the consumer union participant. His 
comments were very interesting. Apparently, they've done a survey with consumers, uh, and a significant amount of uh, their respondents in a survey they did last month, they want to see these products labeled as lab-grown. Only 9 su- 9% support a clean meat label. Yeah, absolutely. And I know I was listening in on the, 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 the panel that you were a part of, the public comment uh, part, um, and I was really struck by uh, somebody from the milk producers who came in and just basically laid into the FDA saying, you know, we've been trying to get you guys to weigh in on all of this fake milk over the last 18, 20 years, and you've barely lifted a finger. So I, I found that very interesting and kind of inspiring. And I, I, I wish I was in the room just to see the faces of the FDA people uh, when she was doing that. And I, I was struck by a couple of things. One is none of this should really be surprising. FDA is a huge bureaucracy. If we know anything about bureaucracies and bureaucrats, they want to, it's a turf battle. They want more jurisdiction over more things. They want to regulate more things. So it's not surprising that they're going out there saying we need to regulate this because they expand their power and their fiefdom. That's what bureaucracies do. Another thing we found is, you know, these clean meat, whatever, lab-grown meat companies and these entrepreneurs they're like any other business. They want as little government interference, oversight, regulation, call it what you want, um, over the, over what they do. And so they've looked at this, and I'm sure they've looked at FDA and what FDA has done, or notably not done, on fake milk over the last 20 years. And they say, yeah, we want them to regulate us, not USDA. So where do we go from here? Uh, there was a letter that went, a bipartisan letter yesterday um, that went from Capitol Hill um, urging basically USDA to have a similar process that as FDA. Where do we go from here? Who is, when is this decision going to be made? Um, and what can folks do to maybe influence uh, folks on the Hill to, to take a more active role? Well, ultimately, the administration needs to know that uh, one of the agencies is acting outside of the general tone and priorities set forth under the Trump administration. You know, just a few days after the FDA announcement, the government reorg plan that came out, you know, signed off on by the president, uh, proposed shifting all food safety responsibilities over to USDA and renaming FDA the Federal Drug Administration. Um, You know, talking about animal welfare concerns, sustainability, those topics have absolutely no place when it comes to the regulation and management of food products. There's absolutely no precedent for that, both you know at USDA and FDA. And to start talking about that now or citing that as a basis for regulation one way or another is a really dangerous precedent to set because it has nothing to do with nutrition, it has nothing to do with the safety of the product, and it doesn't really inform consumers accurately about what it is that they're getting. Um, so ultimately, the labeling is going to be a huge conversation and really critical important. But right now, this turf war between USDA and FDA needs to be settled. We still believe that USDA is the appropriate regulator. The law is clear. Any meat product, meat food product, meat byproduct should be regulated by them. And the folks, you know, that participated in today's meeting uh, who are pro-lab meat, for lack of a better word, uh, we're sort of speaking out of both sides of their mouth because on one hand, they said, you know, we we really want this to go through FDA because we believe that it's the best regulatory pathway. Don't give us burdensome regulations. I think they view USDA as somebody who would make their process to the, an entry to the market more cumbersome. But then on the other side, they were saying their number one priority was the safety of these products. You know, one of the professors who spoke mentioned that there are multiple different points for pathogen uh, introduction. There's still a huge food safety component here, and ultimately, the scientists at USDA have the expertise there. And it's a meat product. They all, everyone today, asserted that 
you know, their products are are real meat products. You know, I think we at NCBA would disagree or, you know, maybe challenge what is real meat versus, you know, lab-grown meat. Uh, but if you want to be meat, you want to call yourselves meat, uh, you should be regulated like the rest of us. Absolutely. Um, if you guys want to see, or actually you can't see because FDA did not live stream video of the hearing, you can listen to it. Apparently they want to regulate this new, you know, emerging industry, but they're not capable of putting a video camera and getting the video on the internet. Um, so you can listen to it on uh, our SoundCloud site, um, and you can read all of Danielle's testimony uh, on our website, beefusa.org. Just a, another thing to add, you know, this is just the first step in a, a quite long probably long, hopefully not though, uh, ongoing process. NCBA is going to be preparing written comments. We're going to be working on a written comment toolkit for all of our affiliates. We want our members to be weighing in and engaging on this issue. It's critically important that we get the regulation of all new products right. We're happy to compete with any product out there, but new products should not be allowed to disparage us simply because activists out there want to see an end to agricultural production. Well said. Danielle Beck, thanks for joining us. Great work today. Thanks, Ed. You've been listening to Beltway Beef. Until next week, eat beef. Check us out online at beefusa.org. Follow us on Twitter at, at Beltway Beef. Thanks for listening. <laughs>